Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. How you guys doing today? Another day in paradise. Like I always say, every week, can't go wrong. Halfway done with my finals, so I'm in a pretty good mood. I just finished a 14 and a half page capstone paper, which had 32 footnotes and hours of research involved. So glad to be done with that. Um, besides that, just trying to cherish my last full weekend in Fredonia and my house, trying to relive the memories of 17, not giving out my address street. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live it up. You know, Steve, how are you doing? doing pretty good uh, i've been done with finals for about seven months now and it's been beautiful uh other than that you know i'm still i'm still in my work clothes because we decided hey let's do this at 5 30 and i'm back to nine to five so yeah uh by nine to five i mean eight to five but other than that you know it's been an in- interesting week of hockey to say the least so i won't take up any more of your time josh how are you i'm doing pretty well kind of in the same boat as stack finishing everything up with school um today was our last day of classes and well my last day of classes i always forget stack is coming back in the fall um it's just, it's just student teaching in the fall i'm done I'm yeah done. um so uh yeah, so I feel pretty weird right now that I'm never going to have to go into a classroom again for class because class is over forever. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty weird. But I only got a couple finals, one that is ungodly long and makes me want to cry. Um, it's open between now and next Monday or this coming Monday and then one on Thursday and then I am done. So feels pretty weird, but. I'm pretty happy so far, so I'm sure the sadness will come in the next few weeks. Luke, how about you? Uh, you know, just living the dream. I um went out to save uh Alex, Justin, and Max from Waverly today. Ha ha! Big jokes. I had to go to Waverly, New York, which is on the PA border by Binghamton. That was a fun time. Enjo- enjoyed that drive, two and a half hours. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wait, two and a half hours. It's only two and a half hours. Well, that's three. Not, that's not by Binghamton, then, buddy, because Binghamton's like six hours. Three. Wait, no, You're, no. What? Towards Binghamton, just Binghamton a little past Corning. Two and a half from where I. Oh am. well, you okay? When you say Towards by Binghamton, Binghamton, and actually, is only like three and a half hours away. We're going to rewind the tape when I edit, and if you say by Binghamton, I'm going to scold you tomorrow. Towards Binghamton. Binghamton's in reality okay. only three and a half, four hours away. It's a little further from you because you're another hour away from where I am at Buffalo. We're, we're going we're gonna to research while you keep talking. I'm, well, I'm Anywho, Steve, I'm I agree with surprised. you. It's nice not having finals. Um, it's been a year since, uh, since I've had to take a final. Uh, and, my, uh, my name's Steve, and I've been um, – 
clean from finals for seven months now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm um, just living life to the fullest. And Stack, uh, why footnotes, not handnotes? Uh, don't remind me. <laughs> but anyway, this is a hockey podcast. There's a lot going on in the NHL news-wise, and we're going to kick it right off. To start off, the Kraken are official, and uh, we now have 32 teams officially in the NHL. Yep, so they made their last payment, so they're officially the 32nd team in the NHL. They also poured their ice slab today, like the concrete that goes directly under the ice, so that's cool. Um, so now it's just another team that can fuck over the Sabres. Did they huh? place the Kraken underneath? No, they placed the. <laughs> there's a big, there's a big cracking in it. <laughs> oh boy! Boo! Thank you, snack. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, someone had to do it. Uh, in all Thank reality, you. though, um, I'm really anxious to see how things play out in a few months with the expansion draft. Um, I'm, of course, I'm focused on the playoffs first. But after that, I will be really worried, especially with the cap trouble the Leafs are in. I'm going to be really worried to see what kind of fuckery the, the Kraken have planned. <laughs> put I'm, it, put it I'm less worried about the fuckery the Kraken have planned, more the fuckery that NHL GMs have planned. If it's anything like the Vegas expansion draft, it's going to expose how dumb some of these GMs truly are and how bad they are at evaluating talent. Who's going to be this year's Dale Talon? <laughs> there can only be one. Jason Botterill is going to tie Ron Francis up in a closet and do all the expansion draft stuff. I feel like out of no <laughs> fault of his own, it might be Kevin Adams who gets Dale Talon. But you know who it might also be Yarmo Kekalainen. Oh, yes. Again? Yes. I think yes. he will be a sneaky get fucked over pick by. He said they got yeah. fucked over last time. They gave him their first line center. William Carlson got 40 goals and yeah. they also shipped him a first round pick so they could protect, I think, either Savard or uh, Josh Anderson. He also said today or yesterday or something like that, that his main target for this summer would be a center or, or no would be, yeah, would be a center to play with Patrick line. And someone tweeted like, Oh, like William Carlson or Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> Big oof. Burn. <laughs> I mean, well, he yeah. even, he I think I can talk coming up as the expansion draft nears. We're going to be cracking lots of expansion draft jokes too. Yarmo Kekalainen <laughs> came out and said, I'm he's your head. <laughs> He's looking for a number one center for Patrick Laine. Oh, you mean like it? I don't know, Pierre Luc Dubois. I I, I literally, literally just, just that, said man. that. Can we can we go back on that? No, we can't. No, no. we're leaving that in because I did I'm not gonna, hear that. Because I'm gonna repeat. I'm quiet. gonna I'm gonna repeat that part for like the whole <laughs> put, episode. Put in like this a scratch noise. <laughs> And then replay it. Hi, I bet you're wondering how I got here. It, it all started. <laughs> he also said today or yesterday or something like that, that his main target for this summer 
would be a center or, or no would be yeah would be a center to play with Patrick Line and someone tweeted like oh like William Carlson or Pierre Luc Dubois <laughs> big oof burn <laughs> I mean yeah. he even, he I think I can talk coming up as the expansion draft nears Yarmo Kekalainen and <laughs> came out and said I'm he's your head. <laughs> He's looking for a number one center for Patrick Laine. Oh, you mean like it? I don't know, Pierre Luc Dubois. Listen, it has been a long day. Luke just tuned out while we're recording. Hey, man, there's gunshots that went off right over my head today. So, hearing not the best. What? Exactly. <laughs> uh, sticking I'm, out I'm west, like though, four hours of sleep, but that's fine. Sticking out west, though, the Kraken, brand new team, and some records were also broken and milestones reached. Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings reaches his 1,000th career NHL point, so big props to him. Um, he's been the centerpiece of LA for the past at least 10 years. Yeah over a decade um so big props to him finally hitting that thousand point mark and it's kind of a testament to him i mean i saw the numbers it was a thousand points in 1124 games played or something so you know it, it it that's indicative of his whole career he's never been a point per game guy really a few times he was but he's never been crazy points guy, but he's always been a solid two-way center and a great leader, you know? Remember when Thomas Vanek told Darcy Regeer to draft Anze Kopitar and he drafted Dinus Zubris instead? He did not draft Zubris. Oh, well, he drafted somebody. Oh, well, he drafted somebody. Yeah, well, they drafted uh, Zagrapan 13 oh. And yeah. if Wikipedia can be trusted... He was, Ans Kopitar was the 43rd overall pick in 2005. So that was Crosby's draft. 43rd. And that makes him a second rounder. Nice. Yeah, nice for the Kings. Boo on the rest of the league because that's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. And. Milestone for Anze Kopitar, record and milestone for Marc-Andre Fleury, the flower. 490th career win puts him in sole position of third all-time. Yeah, uh, just, to, just to correct myself, because I actually went into Wikipedia this time and not just, you know, uh, scrolling through. He was the 11th overall pick. So the Sabres did not have a chance to get him. That's very much not 43rd. Very different. Very different. We're on a fucking roll tonight. <laughs> so here are some of the guys who were drafted ahead of him. Uh, third overall, Jack Johnson. Fourth overall, Benoit Pouliot. Carey Price went fifth. Sixth, Gilbert Brule. Seven, Jack Skilly. Eight, Devin Sedaguchi. Nine, Brian Lee. Ten, Luke Bourdon. Who? <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. All right, Luke Luke Bourdon um, was a high pick by the Canucks, and he had a lot of promise, but he died. To put it bluntly. Whoa! Damn! Now I'm a dick. He had a lot of promise, but he passed away. Before Damn, I'm bye. Okay. Um. Anyway, happy but, thoughts. Happy thoughts. Continuing on though, Mark Andre Fleury, 490th career win, puts him in sole position of third all time, um, for most wins by a goalie. I, one of the best goalies to play, in my opinion, especially of this generation. He just, like, he went to an entirely new team at, how old was he when he went there? 36, mm, I think? 33, 34, something like that. Oh, so he's, this like, 33rd season with them, so he was 33, because he's okay, so now. Okay, my bad. But but Fourth still, I mean, going from a team you've been with since they had drafted you, and then all of a sudden they just, like, are like, hey, we're done with you, even though you've won them, like, three cups mm-hmm. um well murray was murray was their starter when they went back to back but right but flurry w- did get one led them to one cup yeah and he's gonna go down as a hall of famer there's oh, no, yeah. there's no doubt he, but it's just like he went and i think he can still get another cup in vegas even if it's not this year i mean i think their window is either I think their window is the next one to three years. Like this year, next year, the year after that. And after that, it's like eh. Cap Hell. Yeah, because Petrangelo's gonna their core is aging. Yes. Yeah, Petrangelo, Stone, Pacioretty, uh Flurry. Flurry. Leonard's old too. Speaking, yeah, Leonard's not as old, but speaking yeah. speaking of that thirty something, isn't he now? No, twenty six, like, twenty seven. Oh god, no, he's not that young. Leonard, no. Um. Here, hold on one second. Uh, ooh, there's a new category in Cap Friendly, and it's the Seattle Kraken. Leonard is 29. All right, Luke, you were pretty close. I was, I was, I was aging up as I was going. We were, we were in the middle because I said 30, 31, and you he, said he was 20. 28 when Luke started talking, and he turned 29 by the time he. <laughs> <laughs> but stat going going back to the point you made, how Vegas's core is aging. Can we talk about how Vegas's core is aging, yet their team is only four years old? Yeah, weird called, how that works. It's called well, signing it old people because of how they built their team. So, in the expansion draft, you're not going to get young guys because entry yeah. levels are exempt, and then teams are typically going to save their guys. So you're going to end up with old fucks anyway. And then they packaged all the extra draft picks that they got from the side deals and picked up veterans like Pacioretty and uh, Mark Stone. Yeah. So that's how that's why they're old. It's still it's- besides it takes it takes expansion teams a few years to develop pipelines anyway. Like their AHL team just started playing this year because they hadn't had enough people until now. So it's not like these guys are getting like five draft picks to to everyone else's one, they're still getting the same amount of draft picks as everybody else, so it takes them time to build up their prospects. Well, yeah, all I'm saying is it's just funny to think about hearing an expansion team's, hey, they are they have an aging core. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The other, we other, we got to remember, the guys they did end up picking or getting traded to 
get, you know, getting traded to them were not old, but they weren't young. Yeah. Carlson was like 24, 25 and March so, and Riley Smith were also, they weren't old guys. They, they were, you know, it they was were... kind of a, it's kind of star crossed in the sense that they all were like about to hit their primes, but they hadn't been able to with the teams they were on. So their their average offense age, according to Cap Friendly, is twenty six point eight. Average defense twenty seven point five, and average goaltending is thirty two. Their oldest forward, uh, oldest forwards are Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall, so both at thirty. Oh, I'm sorry, Petretti's thirty two. Um, Stone's 28. Uh, on their defense, they've got like Alec Martinez is 33, Petrangelo's 31. So, like, yeah, like they you could say that their core is aging, but at the same time, you look that like William Carlson's 28, he's on he's on technically on the right side of 30. Tuck's only 24, um, and only getting better. Peyton Krebs is 20, but I don't really think he's part of their core yet. Um, like if you look at their defense, Nick Haig is just coming into it. Shea Theodore is only twenty-five, so they still have a lot of pieces. Yeah, Shea Theodore is only twenty-five. But I mean, I mean, a great on him. I, I'm a huge Shea Theodore fan, as many of you guys know. So I love hearing that he's only twenty-five. I thought he was about twenty-seven, but great, yeah, great on him. Good job at being younger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of aging people, aging players. We are saying goodbye to one of, if not, at least one of the best U.S.-born goaltenders of all time as Ryan Miller announces his retirement from the NHL at the conclusion of this season. Easily the best U.S.-born goaltender of all time, and it's not particularly close in my opinion. Not yet, at least. The other one that could give him a run for his money, he is playing with. And that is yeah, John. I, I mean, Gibson's really good, but are I, you guys I think you forget about how dominant Miller was on a shitty Buffalo team for years? Like that team had no business being anywhere near the playoffs, and he brought them kicking and screaming to the playoffs for multiple years. And if you want to go back to the year he won the Vesna and got a silver medal in the Olympics, he was the Olympic MVP, even though they did not win. Like he was on a different planet and he still was an effective goaltender into his late thirties. I, I agree, but I think Jonathan quick has a word in this conversation. My argument with him is peak Jonathan quick, just as good as peak Ryan Miller, but the longevity at the beginning and end of his career is not there. So quick was Mm. absolutely dominant for about four years but before that he was eh and then after that he was eh Miller was great right off the bat he was great in his prime and then he was still an above average goaltender at the end we also have the only thing is for that conversation is winning has to play winning is a part of every conversation and Jonathan Jonathan Quick is you know, you could say he's a product of a t- of his team because L.A. always had good defense, and when they didn't, he wasn't good. So, and you also have to. I, I, I would agree that Miller is probably the best U.S. goaltender of all time. 
I'm not saying he has a right to be in this conversation at all yet, but 10 years down the line, we have to remember guys like Spencer Knight coming up and he's been really good for Florida so far in his first few games. And considering the fact that, you know, their defense hasn't been up to full power. We we got a long time before we have any oh, kind of right, conversation. Right. Like that. I, yeah, but I'm just saying, like it, it's going to be guys like him or oh, I can't think of any other American goalies Carter right now. Hearts, the next Carey Price gets lit up the exact <laughs> next year. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no, I'm not saying he's anywhere in that conversation yet, but I think that's that's one of the names we're going to see on the watch list. I'll give yes. you that. Yeah, yeah. Not in in five or six years, maybe, but. John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck are the two names for now that we have to look out for. Hellebuck's already got a Vesna. I mean, just last year too, and he's only getting better. Uh, Winnipeg's going to be pretty active this off season and next season. They're going to be a, a team to reckon with. So that's going to, he's if, well, they ride on him. If he's good, they're good. If they're bad, if he's bad, they're bad. You know, Yeah. he is, he is Winnipeg's success. Yeah. But it, it is a sad day, especially for us Sabres fans. Um, we went through a lot with Millsy and career stats, looking at it, 795 games played, 391 wins, 289 losses, 86 overtime losses for a 264 goals against and a 914 save percentage for his career. That, that's absolutely insane. He, he's insane. Such a phenomenal goaltender. Is so, that good? Uh, shut up, Josh. So, <laughs> hey, I, 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 I this is the guy wanna... that this is the guy for me. Like yeah, him and Jason Pominville. Yeah. Nearly brought you to tears on live TV. Anywho. Um, so one of my favorite Miller moments is actually two moments besides, you know, the Olympic run that we already kind of touched on. When he got quote unquote snubbed in 2006 from the Torino uh, Olympics for the U.S. team that played like ass, just to remind everybody, I think they came in like eighth or ninth. I remember watching this was like one of the first years I was actually watching hockey. Uh, The HSBC arena at the time it was called was rocking, shouting USA, USA nearly the entire game just supporting Miller because we knew what we had and we miss him dearly. Mm-hmm. And just to just to hit on his uh, Vesna winning season, 69 games played, 41, 18, and 8 with a 2-2-2 goals against and a 9-2-9 save percentage. That's a pretty nice season if you ask me. Lol. Pain. Pain. I'll be here all week. Boo. But big shout out, big send off to Ryan Miller. It's going to be sad not seeing him around. Uh, Buffalo will take him as some kind of executive or something, though. Gladly. He does not want to come back to Buffalo, but I hope he does. Well, it's not that he doesn't want to come back, but like family. He's, he's got his life out there in California with his wife. He's chilling. Yeah. Imagine if he goes into the movie business. It'd <laughs> be pretty funny. He wants to come back here to, you know, show his kids around and shit like that. Oh, yeah. 
Like long term? No. But the hockey season isn't the hockey season isn't all year round. He could he could go home when season's done. Sorry. No, it's funny the you know the two guys we've had on the pod to interview, they are still in Buffalo. And they're not the only former Saber legends who have decided to stay around Buffalo. I I am kind of surprised, you know, one, by how many guys are staying, but two, why Miller, like, I get it, but, you know, if he comes back, he'll be a hero. Oh, my God, yeah. He, he's, he's staying out there because his wife makes so much money, yeah. and they are living the, the American dream over there in Cali. But keep in mind, the Pagulas run the team from out of state. Miller could help out, like, scouting out west or something. <laughs> Convince John Gibson to come to Buffalo, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> never, ever, ever use Miller's name in the same sentence as those two cretins. I'm sorry. I I'm never sorry. want to hear it again from you, Josh. <laughs> those two cretins. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, before we get too off track, we're going to jump back behind the bench as uh, I think Stack has some info about a uh, Rod the Bod Rendemore. Yeah, um, man of the year, sexiest coach in the league, uh, Rod Brendamore. Um, <laughs> Steve what? is giving me a very gross look. Dude, he is. I hate Rod, Rod Brendamore, but that's just me. He's like, okay, well, you can hate him, but he's – like he could step in and play for the Hurricanes tonight if he good. I'll, I'll He's in shape. Give him for 2006. That right there. If he plays for the Hurricanes tonight, we'll send the Sabers down to Carolina and kick their ass. No, just his ass specifically. But the Hurricanes would mop this Buffalo team. Stop. I know. Anyway, it, it pains um, me to hear that. But I know the Buffalo Amherst. <laughs> the Carolina Super Team would mop the floor anyways there there somehow rod doesn't have a contract for next season with the carolina hurricanes um as a i would i would say he is a top five coach in this league if not top five definitely top 10 and he's one of the best young new coaches on the scene alongside you know, I don't want to be biased, but I think we can all agree Sheldon Keefe is one of the best young coaches in this league. Sheldon Keefe played like 10 years ago. Same with Rod Brendamore, a little longer, but you get what I'm saying. Um, and Carolina, their their ownership group with Tom Dundon is notoriously not afraid to spend money, but somehow they won't. They haven't offered him a contract. And this is why. Rod Brindamore has said that the only reason in which he would re-sign with Carolina is if all his assistants and all his training staff also get extensions, which makes sense. If you've got something good in Carolina, which they do, uh, why would you break it up like that? There's no reason to change something that isn't working. I mean, obviously things didn't go how they wanted last year's playoffs, but two years ago, they were a young upstart team and they almost made it to the cup finals. They got swept by the Bruins who would lose to the cup champions. They were a top four team. You don't do that by accident. And Brindamore is behind the wheel. 
and then last year they got beat by a good Boston team who got beat by the cup champions. There's, there's something to be said. there. Seems to be a trend here. Yeah. yeah. Don't play Boston in the playoffs. Right. Leafs fans. Yes. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> now that, now that my spirits have been brought down, um, no, I'm kidding, but you got to think, uh, Seattle is still looking for a coach. Um, Ron Francis, legendary hurricane is, um, in the ownership group there in the managerial office. Um, you got to think they're kicking at his tires. And they, with all the new money that they're bringing in and that they have, because they have a very wealthy ownership group under the Lie Wikis and some other big names that escape me right now. You got to think they're, they're, if after this season Rod the Bot isn't re signed, they will fit the bill for him and his whole coaching and training staff. That'd be scary, in my opinion. Yeah. Another, yeah, another like- young upstart team with, a really successful coach who was done wrong by a former team, much like, Mm. you know, Gerard Gallant, who still, again, doesn't have a team. Revenge story time. (laughs) It'll, it's going to be crazy with this coaching decision for, for Seattle. It can go three ways. It'll be, they steal the whole Carolina Hurricanes coaching training staff. Gerard Gallant coaches another expansion team within five years. Or Bruce Boudreaux comes out of nowhere and is coach of the Kraken. Uh, I don't know if if I'm a Kraken fan, if I'm a, if I'm a disgruntled Vancouver Canucks fan who's like, fuck this team, I'm going to be a Kraken fan. I want Rod the Bod as my coach. Oh, yeah. Any of them would be great for that franchise though. Oh yeah. Undoubtedly. Cause Bruce Boudreaux is known for getting the most out of underperforming teams. And Gerard Gallant did that exact same thing. You basically can't go wrong if you're Seattle. The only problem is, is can they capture, you know, one thing we're overlooking is can they capture what Vegas captured? And is that a lightning in a bottle or is it a flash in the pan? Who knows? Yeah. Now, before we jump over and let Steve take over with his segment, um, storyline yesterday is the Devils agreed to a 10-year affiliation agreement with the Utica Comets. Uh, the Utica Comets will move from – well, Utica will move from Utica to Abbotsford, British Columbia, and the Devils Binghamton will move to Utica. So, yeah, I think this is like the best case scenario for both teams. I mean, Utica's still close enough to New Jersey, and now Vancouver's prospects don't have to switch time zones just to play in the NHL. So, I think it's a smart move. My curiosity is, will they will they be the what is it Abbotsford? Are they going to be the Abbotsford Comets, or what are they going to be? And and will it be the Utica Devils? Or I wonder what they're going to do there. That, honestly, I. Honestly, I hope they don't change it because it'd just be so bizarre. What do you mean? To see the Utica Devils and the Abbotsford Comets. It'd just be so weird. Yeah, but think about it. They're going to have to change the whole color scheme and everything for the for Utica. Why so do like, it? So why not just start a new brand? Well, no, 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 no. No, it's they Utica bought the Utica Comets. Comets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I thought they bought... The 
if you want a new team in Abbotsford, you make a new logo and shit. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what it is. They can be like the baby whales. <laughs> they could, they, you know, like the whale in the in the whaler's jersey. They could play off of that, like the whale that's on the stroller patch. Or they could like be like <laughs> stack. <laughs> or they could be like Free Willy or something. <laughs> With that though, no, no, let's not have right. that be there. Can we team. not go to Steve now? No, I'm just kidding. Well, unfortunately, we are going to go to Steve because I believe um, he has a corner of hate for us and something that I'm sure everyone listening is waiting for us to talk about. Steve, take it away. Josh, play my music. All right. uh, For those of you who've been living under a rock, something semi-interesting happened between the uh, Rangers and the Washington Capitals involving uh, noted scumbag Tom Wilson. So, and for me, this is tough. I've been a Tom Wilson defender. I like the physical side of the game. I like the fights. You know, I hope no one gets hurt, and I like that they're moving away from it, going to more skill-based game. But I like that grit, jam, all that fun shit. All right? I'm all about it. But this, this was bullshit and it was way too far. So what happened was there was a scrum in front of the, front of the net. Wilson had Bushnevich in a prone position like he was about to arrest him for murdering 10 people and decided, hey, here's a defenseless player. Let me sucker punch him in the side of the head. All right, well, Panarin sees that and Panarin grabs Wilson to get him off his fucking guy who can't defend himself. Well, Wilson's like, all right, let me just... Go WWE on this motherfucker. Picks him up, b- drags him by the hair, and slams Panarin's head against the fucking ice. Now, Panarin's done for the year. Wilson got, I think, a 10-minute misconduct in that game. Should have been tossed. That was bullshit. Then, everyone's waiting for the league to hand down some punishment. Because Tom Wilson, earlier this year, brain-crippled. Brandon Carlo and got suspended for seven games. Carlo still hasn't played. It's been like two months. Repeat offender. He's been doing this crap forever. Then the league, led by the Department of Players Safety, George Peros, a former goon in this league, gives him a $5,000 fine. Let me put that in perspective. For someone who works minimum wage, and worse, 40 hours a week, that is the equivalent of 66 bucks of a fine. I get more of a fucking parking ticket outside this window when the damn meter maid decides, oh, this guy who's working didn't move his car exactly at 10 o'clock. Fuck that guy and fuck the NHL for this shit. It's absolutely embarrassing. So the Rangers called out the league and called out George Peros by name. Go and see the see the uh, note. It's awesome. And good for the Rangers, which led us to a couple nights ago when they played, turned into an absolute line brawl. Line brawl to start the game. The second Wilson touched the ice, Brandon Smith, hats off to you, my friend, grabs Wilson 
and tries to beat the crap out of him. It's a pretty even fight. And then Wilson, I don't know if it's true, but it seems a little convenient that he left the game with an upper body injury. Okay, maybe you just didn't want to fight every time you touch the ice. Absolute gutless by the league, and they should they should be embarrassed by this. Good for the Rangers. I hope Dolan, who's a nut in himself, I hope Dolan doesn't let up and he just pays the damn fines because fuck the NHL for this. Yeah, and another thing to note with Wilson is that whole fucking injury thing. There's some comments that came out on a TSN post today. Wilson says he's good to go after leaving the game Wednesday with an upper body injury. He also says, nothing I say right now, like this is to the Washington, D.C. media, nothing I say right now is going to change anyone's opinion. Um, said he considered the other night a routine scrum by hockey standards. Didn't think the situation would blow up after he was fined. Also, quote, it was a crazy moment, but one that's not rare to happen in a hockey game. I'm trying to move on from it. End quote. Wilson has been has said he's reached out to Panarin, who said he is doing better. Also, fuck the Washington Capitals social media intern. That was just not cool. Like they literally posted a thing that said the Capitals choose violence and posted a picture of Wilson with it. And like, sure, haha, funny if it was just like a fight or something. But no, time and place. And that tweet was deleted like 20 minutes after it was posted. So honestly, like, I, I just don't get it. Like you said in the beginning, Steve, there's a time and place for all this shit. And I kind of enjoy his play, too, because he can score and he can beat the crap out of somebody if need be. But beating the crap out of somebody and throwing them to the ice like you're in the WWE is two different things. So there's also a difference between sucker punching a guy who literally cannot move his arms or legs because you are on top of him and throwing down a player that's probably 50 pounds lighter than you. And it's also funny because Buznevich wasn't doing anything. The puck was not in the net. The whistle was blown and he was just laying there. He was about to get up and Wilson just pushed him back down. He wasn't on top of Vanacek. He didn't hit anybody. He just fell in the crease. Like, yeah, it, it, and it's not like he just pushed him back down. He punched him in the side of the head while he was down. Right. It, it was an absolute joke. It was and, and the next night, Buznevich gets booted out of the game and gets suspended or gets fined two thousand dollars for not twenty eight thousand. Twenty eight thousand. Wait, twenty eight suspension. What? It was twenty eight thousand. Fucking Christ! This fucking league. That makes. I'll me have more information on that in just a minute. Well, I, I'm all done. Go ahead. Whatever you guys want to say. That's fucking the bet stack. You said it best the other day. The best sport has the worst fucking run league. Gary Bettman's a greedy little weasel. Stack, you got any any extra comments on this on Tom Wilson? Oh yeah, um, this is a domino effect because things aren't taken care of properly when they should be. Um, speaking as a Leafs fan, uh, I have seen this thousands of times uh, in the playoffs and in recent memory, and with George Peros being under control of the Department of Player Safety. So, yeah, Nazem Kadri is a repeat offender. Right. And we all remember in 2019 when 
Jake DeBrusque ran 38-year-old Patrick Marlowe into the stanchion at the end of the at the end of the bench and could have severely injured him. And Nazem Kadri cross-checked him in the face. Same thing Buchnevich did to Mantha. Kadri got the rest of that series, and that was in game three, I think. So five games, roughly. Four games, or give or take. Um, in the playoffs, suspensions normally don't go for as many games because there's less games to be played. Kadri got four games. Um, Buchnevich did this in the regular season. Yeah, they have a few games left, three or four. Like, they have three or four games left, two or three. I don't know. I don't care. Buchnevich gets one game in the regular season for the same thing Nazem Kadri did. It makes no sense. There's no consistency whatsoever. And the problem is none of what happened that Wednesday night when the Rangers and Capitals played would have happened if Tom Wilson had gotten suspended for what he did in the first place. It's all premeditated. Everything that happened that game, the three fights off the draw, Brandon Smith running Tom Wilson and fighting him before he was ready, um, then the two fights off the two next draws after that, would have not happened maybe one fight if Tom Wilson would have just been suspended and it would have all been taken care of. But no, George Peros wants tough guys to run the league again, even though the league is getting faster and phasing those guys out. Yeah, just a couple of things to wrap this up. So we had talked about it in the past, Patrick Sharp's comments about needing to protect the stars. And this is just comes to fruition. Now Panarin's one of the best stars in one of the biggest markets and yeah, they're not going to the playoffs, but now he's knocked out because Tom Wilson's a scumbag and there's no repercussions. And two, when there is no consistent standard, there is no standard because now no one knows what's going to happen. So they're going to try and get away with everything and someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get seriously hurt and I hope they don't end up like Nathan Horton. Yeah. Least so, legend, by the way. So, continuing off of what Stack said about the consistency, um, we saw Tom Wilson, who is a repeat offender, get a $5,000 fine. Now, one night later, Shane Gossespierre who I believe is not a repeat offender, or it's only his second offense, um, his second time. Uh, put a late, late, late cross check uh, on a Penguins player, I believe it was Brandon Rust, and put him into the boards after an empty net goal. His name was Friedman. They picked him up off waivers earlier this year. Right, right, right. right. His first name, but Friedman. So put him into the boards. Gets a two-game suspension for that. Was it a, a hit that he shouldn't have done? Did he kind of change pass? Yes, but he gets a two-game suspension. Tom Wilson was beating on Pavel Busnevich on the ground defenseless, 
and then pulls Artemi Panarin down by the hair and slams his tries to basically slam his face into the ice and gets five thousand dollars. And then Busnevich gets a one-game suspension and a twenty-eight thousand dollar fine for a cross check to the face of Anthony Mantha, who mind you was basically chasing Busnevich around the ice and hitting at him and cross-checking him. Should he have gotten a fine? Maybe he did kind of cross-check right at his face. Yes, that should be a fine, maybe one game. But how are you going to give Busnevich a game and a fine and Ghost to Spear two games and a fine and Tom Wilson gets only $5,000? Where the fuck is the consistency, George Peros? This is why the Rangers put out the statement that they did. And the fact that the Rangers, for putting out said statement, got a $250,000 fine. What in the ever-loving fuck is the NHL management doing? And the two guys in upper Rangers upper management who put out that got fired. There's talks that that's also because they didn't like how the season went. That's I, that's that all whole. That's a whole conspiracy in itself. It, it's a whole other thing. But bottom line is uh, the president and GM got fired, and now Chris Drury is the president and GM, which we're big Chris Drury people on this show, so we wish him luck, even if we want the Rangers to uh, fall on their face. Not have luck. But there is zero consistency coming from the NHLPA and the NHL Department of Player Safety. And... As much as I love seeing, you know, all these former fighters being in these positions, you know, it's great to see. Maybe they'll, maybe like, you know, they're against it now. You'll seek some consistency. They know the issues that happen with these kinds of hits, with these kinds of plays, because they've done them. They've felt the same thing. Obviously, there's an issue there. You need someone that was not a fighter before. You need someone that actually cares about their players' safety. Obviously, obviously, the NHL does not care about the safety of their players. Honestly, Brendan Shanahan did the best job. He was a yeah. guy who was actually a star in this league, but he did not shy away from anything physical, so he knew that side of the game, and he didn't give a flying... I, well, we should probably limit our cursing. A little bit, but he didn't have a flying F about what anyone thought of what he did. He did what he thought was right, and he tried to at least have some consistency. You knew what was going to come out of Shanahan's office. You never know what's coming out of Peros' office because he doesn't know. Yeah. Exactly. And a big a big, a comment I, I keep seeing, which, sadly enough, I can see happening. Tom Wilson's going to be fucking head of player safety when he retires. That's the day I start watching the KHL. I will get up at 3 a.m. to watch KHL games if that ever happens. I I am not bullshitting you. That would be one of the darkest days of the NHL. I, like, I, I would not, I would rather the Sedins be co-heads of the NHL player safety department. Rafi Torres would be his assistant. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you, it's it almost looked like – it almost looked at that – when Buse never, when I saw Buse Nevers got, got a suspension for that, it almost looked like George Paris had a vendetta against Buse Nevers and the Rangers. 
It almost looked like that. And the NHL said nothing about it, did nothing about it. They have zero consistency. And the fact that they are not under hot water right now from anyone really blows my mind. Oh, they're under hot water. Like, at, this is probably the most publicity the league has gotten in 10 years. Especially with them going moving to TNT and ESPN next season. You cannot have this kind of inconsistency. I was just going to say, it only gets, they're only getting bigger from here. This, I w- sorry, one last You're thing. Good. This, this doesn't happen in any other league. No league in the world has this much disconnect from the top to the bottom. No, it, okay. If, LeBron James, okay, if someone, okay, okay, LeBron isn't a fair comparison for Artemi Panarin. Let's say Ben Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that too. If someone throws a swing at Ben Simmons, if someone knocks out Ben Simmons in a NBA game, that guy's done for half the year. He's done for the season. It doesn't matter who he is. Or what team he plays for. Adam Silver has the league running in the correct direction. To be fair, though, with the nature of the NBA, there isn't as much fighting. So fighting is a little more niche. So that's why they're fighting usually gets more suspensions. But I see all I, all, I see what you're saying. Like, I get your point. But You guys might hate me for this. The NBA is, I, I wouldn't say they're just as physical as the NHL, but they're up there. Guys are jostling on each other every ball possession. And they're and they're they they do just as much physical exercise. They're running up and down that tiny court for the same amount of time. Yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole because I already had my corner of hate, and let's not make this a hateful show. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball, um, fun sport, NBA, bunch of pansies. So I had a quick little tidbit that just came out about half an hour ago as we're recording this on Friday night at 624 on Friday, May 7th, the New York post put out along with a few other sources that Wayne Gretzky is no longer going to be working with ESPN and is paving way for a move to be an analyst with TNT. So that's pretty interesting. So he's basically doing a, a Charles Barkley sort of deal. Um, he's expected to command a $5 million per year range um, they already have guys like Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek as their lead game announcers. Um, nothing is official yet, but it looks like Gretzky could be a part of the analytics crew for Turner. So that's pretty cool. I mean, we haven't really seen Gretzky in that sort of side of things, I think, ever. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think another name that I heard was in there, too, was Ray Ferraro. But he's, yeah, yeah he's, I, I heard, so... he's he's with ESPN is what I heard. Yeah, he's so good for TSN now. They got to have him there somewhere. Because right. besides being smart and pretty unbiased, he played the game. He's been an all-star. He, you know, he is a Charles Barkley type guy, you know. But having right. Wayne in that position would be really cool. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking. I thought it would be pretty interesting. Um I think it'd be pretty cool if, you know, he got that job. Because like I said, he hasn't really done it that before. So 
Yeah, it'd be it'd be a fun time to see Gretzky with TNT. Um, or ESPN, whether he stays, goes TNT, either way. I'm excited to see the NHL going to those networks, finally getting some airtime that, I mean, in at least our opinion, I'm assuming that those listening deserve. Um, because, you know, we're all hockey fans here. We want to see it broadcast more, obviously. But that being said, we're going to jump into some division updates super quick before we jump into some closing time. We're going to head out east to start things off. Steve, what's the latest going on there? Well, besides our rant fest about Tom Wilson being a scumbag, which he is, uh, the only other things going on in the east, uh, Pittsburgh took the division lead as of last night with their win over Buffalo. So they're at 75 points, but they have two more games played than Washington. So it really looks like Washington's probably going to win the division, which will set up a pit, a Pittsburgh Boston first round series. And then Washington and the Islanders, the other first round series. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, also uh, a, a nice story of perseverance, Michael Hauser, a 28-year-old rookie, played mostly in the ECHL, got like 60 games in the AHL, comes up and plays two lights-out games for the Buffalo Sabres, gets his first two wins. Now the wheels kind of fell off in front of family and friends last night, and that's that's a real bummer, but that does not take away from the absolute stellar performances he put on against the Islanders to come come from behind wins. And it was some of the most fun I've had watching a Sabres game all year. He also interesting fact I read this morning, he was born with bilateral issues in his feet where he was basically born with clubbed feet and had to get like 36 surgeries done to his feet before the age of two. So doctors didn't know if he was going to walk, let alone play sports. And now he's got his first two wins in the National Hockey League. And yeah, like you said, Steve, wheels kind of fell off last night. But I think it was Middlestat or one of the young guys last night in a press conference saying, yeah, you know, it, it sucks to see what happened last night in the game because or tonight in the game because we kind of didn't really play in front of him. So um, they're owning up to their mistakes, it looks like, which is nice. Definitely. Moving on, we're going to jump up north. Stack, what's what's the latest up in Canada? Yeah, um, the standings changed for the first time in a few months last week where uh, Edmonton hopped over Winnipeg, and now the top three teams in the division have clinched Toronto with 74 points in first, Edmonton with 66 in second, Winnipeg with 59 in third, uh, as I said, they have all clinched. Montreal is on the outside looking in um, because they they have 57 points, but they are not able to clinch because if Vancouver somehow wins out and Montreal either wins one or zero of their next three games, uh, Vancouver could leapfrog them. Of course, we don't think that's very likely, but... Um, it's still possible, therefore, until Vancouver loses their next two or three, if they do lose their next two or three games, then Montreal will clinch that spot and lock in either playing Edmonton or Winnipeg or Edmonton or Toronto in the playoffs because Toronto's in first, 
So if Montreal gets the three seed, they'll be playing Edmonton. If they keep in fourth place, they'll be playing Toronto. So that's really it for standings other than um, Winnipeg and Montreal have been battling it out for that third spot. Uh, Montreal has three games left and they have 57 points, like I mentioned, and Winnipeg has four games left and 59 points. So it looks like these uh, standings are going to stay pat, but you never know. Things can change. So for quick news, um, Vertanen, Jake Vertanen forward on the Vancouver Canucks, uh, was given a leave of absence from the team as some sexual misconduct allegations have come his way. Um, we hope for a resolution there. Uh, obviously, you don't like to hear that. And adds to a long list of nasty things to happen to the Vancouver Canucks this season. Of course, you know, Winnipeg and Montreal, like I mentioned, they're jostling for the number three spot. Um, Connor McDavid is four points off now of a hundred points in, in 56 games, which my God, <laughs> and I haven't even mentioned it yet. You know, my Austin Matthews has hit 40 goals in 49 games played. Um, Toronto has played 53 games, but Austin Matthews missed four of those games due to injury this season. And still somehow managed to score 40 goals in 49 games despite having a bum wrist for 10 of those games. Uh, as a Leaf fan, it's amazing. But also as a Leaf fan, I can only imagine how many goals he would have scored if he didn't have a bum wrist for 10 games. He probably would have gone 50 and 50. But um, yeah. Ottawa's got a couple nice rookies on the scene. Uh, of course, the last few years they've been drafting pretty high because of their standings. Um, Jacob Bernard Docker and Shane Pinto are doing well for the team. Um, Pinto scored his four, uh, first NHL goal earlier this week. Uh, nice little rebound tap in. You love to see it for rookies, especially American rookies. Who am I kidding? Um, Montreal decimated by injuries right now. Um, Phil Deneau went down in the last, uh, last night in the game against the Maple Leafs. Um, as we mentioned, John Drouin is out on a leave of absence as well. Brendan Gallagher's still out. Um, and they have a few other names not playing right now. I believe Thomas Tatar is among them. Um, Shea Weber is also hurt. Um, so they're kind of skating into the playoffs, which is one of the reasons I don't think they're going to end up leapfrogging Winnipeg. But um, yeah, Not to take anything away from Winnipeg and Montreal, but I'm going to be really sad if we don't see an Edmonton and Toronto series because that just sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, each each game will be six five. <laughs> Defense optional. Exactly. Um, speaking of Edmonton, actually, uh, last night's game between the Vancouver Canucks and Edmonton Oilers produced a suspension as uh, Zach McCune was banned for one game, the next game, for kneeing Darnell Nurse last night. So, watching the play. Uh, McEwen had the puck coming through the center, center of the ice. Um, Darnell Nurse hit him, didn't really blow him up, but knocked him off the puck. Um, McEwen's stick swung up, hit Darnell Nurse in the face. Nurse falls because he just got hit in the face pretty hard. And McEwen skates by him and bumps his knee into the side of Darnell Nurse's head. That's a suspension, dude. Uh, Peros, you did right this time. I'll give you a pass. But 
that's uh, that's pretty much it for the last week and a bit. Uh, tomorrow, by the time you guys are probably listening to this, um, the game's on Saturday night, the 8th of May, are likely to decide the playoff standings in the North Division. So, enjoy it. Definitely going to be fun to see how that goes tomorrow. Uh, see if Toronto can lock up that number one seed. Uh, moving down south and to the middle of the states, Josh, what's going on over there in the central? Um, not a whole lot of much. I mean, we've had a little movement. Carolina is still at the top, but Tampa is now in second. Florida in third. Um, Florida and Tampa are tied, seventy-five and seventy-five points right now. But I think, well, Tampa has a game at hand, so I think that's why they're above Florida. Um, Nashville and Dallas are currently the only playoff race happening in this division besides the top three, which Carolina has the top position locked up. But if Dallas loses tonight and Nashville wins wins tomorrow, um, Dallas is eliminated. So we could see this playoff race get wrapped up within the next 48 hours. Um, Not even next 24, 36. I don't know. Numbers are hard. But that's really all that's going on in the Central that I've seen. I mean, Elvis Merzlikens is still doing his jump hug without Marcus Fel- or Nick Felino, and it's very sad. Um, but as I said before, Spencer Knight's been pretty lights out for Florida so far, which is cool to see. I mean, I think that's pretty interesting. And I don't think we actually got to talk about it, but Tampa got their um, Stanley Cup championship rings, and holy shit, that's a lot of diamonds. <laughs> that's all I really have to say about it. I don't really think they're all that special. I don't like the whole flashiness of uh, the playoff rings, but good for them. Congrats to them. And, you know, that's really it because this is pretty much wrapped up. This is a really fun division to watch, and I can't wait for the playoffs with this division because I think they're going to be even more fun. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a uh, civil war of Florida man versus Florida man. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be really nice to see those two teams duke it out because Florida has been so shit for so long, but now we can actually have like a, a real Florida rivalry there with Tampa and Florida. So I think it's going to be fun. Definitely going to be a fun time. Curious to see if Carolina can win their next game. If they do, they will lock down that number one seed. Uh, as Tampa can technically still take it from them. But as long as Carolina wins, that number one seed is locked up. Now I'm going to take over as we head out west. Um, as it's been the pretty much the entire season, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, as you know, they have clinched the playoffs. Vegas holding on to that number one seed with 76 points. Colorado in second is 72, and Minnesota is 71 right behind them. It's going to be interesting to see how much flip-flopping might happen between all three of those teams is Minnesota and Vegas still have four games left and Colorado has five games left. They're very close. You could see a different team, number one, or at least Minnesota and Colorado flip for second and third. I'm curious to see if what Minnesota can do come the end of the season and come playoffs, because that has been the story of the season is Minnesota just, not being the dumpster fire we expected them to be. And St. Louis holding on to that fourth seed um, as they kicked um, Arizona from the opportunity to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, 
my uh, prediction last week was not right in the fact that I thought Arizona could do it. Makes me very sad. But Ooh. but the only reason St. Louis has yet to actually lock up a playoff berth is because L.A. still has five games left to play, and if St. Louis somehow loses out and L.A. somehow wins out, L.A. can jump St. Louis and make the playoffs. Now, is that going to happen? I highly doubt it. But, hey, anything can happen in hockey. It's just like the same situation up north with Calgary or Vancouver somehow winning out and Montreal losing out and them taking over. Is it going to happen? Highly, like like 1% chance pop probability. But they can't clinch it without it being mathematically done. So, but you're going to see most likely a Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota first round. And I am very excited for both of those series. They're going to be, that's going to be some fun series going on. But that being said, we're going to jump into some closing time as we are wrapping things up here on the frozen four podcast. Steve, what do you got for us? Well, it it's definitely no Laura roasted my ass closing time this week, but give it time. She'll get me again. It's only a matter of time. But uh, a few memes I found really funny. Uh, first one, not a meme, but when Tom Wilson did his fuckery, it was naturally trending on Twitter. And here's what the trend says. Capitals forward Tom Wilson has ha- handed three penalties in the second quarter including a 10-minute penalty for misconduct after rushing, roughing Rangers forward and Tammy Panarin. So Twitter, uh, newsflash, NHL does not have quarters. Hockey does not play in quarters. You're stupid. Bye. Second one, I'm going to ruin a lot of children right now. Uh, anyone who likes uh, Frozen 2, there's a plot hole in one of the songs. So there's a line in Into the Unknown that says, everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls. Enter Dwight K. Schrute from the office. False. Your parents are at the bottom of the ocean. And last last one, and, you know, I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on TV, but here is some helpful hints for avoiding the transmission of bacteria from person to person. A high five has 50% less bacteria than a handshake. A fist bump has 78% less bacteria than a handshake. But most importantly, if you sweep the leg, it has 100% less bacteria than a handshake. So if you want to see your buddy, sweep his leg. (laughs) Uh, Steve, maybe they're saying, though, that Elsa never loved her parents. No. Because the whole thing in two different movies. It, it was it was a joke. Let me have this. False. You're incorrect. Anyway, Stack, what you got for us? Well, seeing as I haven't watched Frozen uh, ever, um, my closing time this week. You know, I really thought about it much today, but you ever like, you know, something's gonna happen. And it's kind of inevitable, but you don't realize it. And then as soon as you get to that point and you think about it, it's like 
a wave rushes over you. I was walking out of the gym today, back to my car on Fredonia campus, and I I went to go put my key in my car, and a thought popped in my head. This could be the last time I have an actual class on campus. The last time I step on the campus for any reason at all. And it, it, it kind of shook me a little, you know, to be honest with you. You know, kind of crazy how fast four years can go by, you know. So that kind of struck me. And it hasn't hit me really yet that this is the last full weekend I'm going to have in my college house that I have been in for almost, well, for two full school years. And I moved in here with three of my best friends who I made when I was a freshman. And each semester after, one of them left for various reasons. And now it's only me. Much to think about. But that also being said, it is the last weekend here. So I am going to live it up in typical Fredonia fashion. And I think we know how that is. But on that note, I'm just gearing up for the playoff run. I was going to grow a playoff beard, but after four days, it got really, really gross and crusty. Come on. I can it, show you the ways of beard growth. I don't grow facial hair like you, though. It disconnects in places. It's so weird. That's what beard oil I, and beard growth stuff are for. They make uh, vitamins for that shit stack. <laughs> all right. All right, Alex Jones. S- slow down there. <laughs> natural male vitality or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm fine no, with my mustache not... or my goatee whenever I decide to grow it. I don't need <laughs> the full beard. I wouldn't look right with one. I'm already short and kind of fat. I don't need a <laughs> really bad fat beard on top of it. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, last weekend here, gotta gotta live it up, you know. Hell yeah, live it up. Josh, what you got for us? Well, Stack kind of put everything in perspective for me there with that whole um, speech and everything. And, you know, it's kind of a surreal feeling. I know that next week I have to go on campus for two finals, but, like, probably after tomorrow, well, I'll probably go there a few times next week, but I don't know when the next time I'll be in the radio station on campus will be. And that's where this show started. And it's just weird to think that, that's going to be gone. Um, I don't want to get too sad here. I'm just trying to think about all the stuff Stack just said, because I do have quite the funny story that you three knuckleheads know all about. Well, you know, some of it, most of it, but so yesterday morning, um, I woke up and went to go to the bathroom and I look in the bathroom as I'm walking in and dangling from the windowsill appeared to be like a towel. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I knew we all got drunk last night, or, you know, to uh, Wednesday night. So I was like, oh, like, for whatever reason, there's a towel in the window. Oh, well. And and then it moved. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So I went, put my contacts in, closed the door, because at first I was like, that might be an animal. So closed the door, and I came back with my contacts, and my suspicions were correct. Um, someone left our back door open, and a cat came in the house and made himself at home in our bathroom. Um, kind of just chilling, looking out the window and I scared him and he climbed up the window 
between the screen and the window. <laughs> and I go outside and I look up and he's like smushed, but like still like looking around, just kind of chilling. And I'm like, what the fuck do we, what do we do? And at first we thought it was a stray cat. So we got like nervous. We were like, oh, is this thing have rabies? It's got something wrong with it. So I wake up, a co- I wake up my roommates and we're going at it with a hockey stick and a broom. We didn't hit it, but we were just kind of there just in case. Cause we didn't, like we said, we didn't know what it was. And then it, it, it came down out of the window a little bit. And my roommate Chris goes over and pets the thing a little bit. And we see it's got a flea collar on. So we're like, oh, shit, it's somebody's cat. So he picks it up, takes it outside, and it runs across the street to its house. And, yeah, that all happened in the span of, like, 20 minutes at, like, 9 in the morning. So, yeah, I was very awake after that. I would have been very much more awake if I didn't notice it. And then all of a sudden it just, like pounced on me while i was going to the bathroom that would have not been fun but yeah so that's that was my uh that was my um thursday morning here in fredonia so that's fun but that's all i got really and um i'm just kind of thinking about school now thanks stack i'm getting sad (laughs) no it's okay but yeah you know what though all right there if you know i would have just kept the cat that point that's your cat. <laughs> that yeah the, right yeah it's the canada way cat now <laughs> well he's been roaming around for like the past two years i mean luke knows what he looks like it, we thought he was a stray but cat, apparently he lives across the street yeah i believe that they let him be an outside cat yeah yeah no cat is 100 percent indoors all the time <laughs> yeah even but... my cats they're half out half in you never know. We th- we were wondering. We were like, is this thing like like at first we were like, is this a squirrel or is this a cat? Like, but it was a big freaking cat. Like, he was huge. I mean, like Zach said, that's your cat now. Um, <laughs> He's always got a place here at forty five. He needs it. But with that said, uh, all I really got is work is kicking my ass. Rochester yesterday. Waverly, New York today, Rochester tomorrow, um, we have a bunch of shit going on next week, our boss is going to be out of town, so it's a fun time, I've, I'm have i just trying to, you know, get through it one day at a time, uh, and uh, here we are, I, get to talk, I got to talk about hockey, so I was able to calm down after my long drive today, and speaking of hockey, go check out our socials, Instagram, at uh, the Frozen, the number four podcast, Twitter. Um, oh, I forgot what the Twitter was. I run the Twitter and I forgot what the Twitter was. That's how today is going for you, for you guys, if you're wondering. The Twitter is at Frozen4Pod. Um, yeah. That being said, you know, as I say every week, be safe, be smart, go watch some hockey. But in the end it's right I help you at the time of your life
something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life.